Who was the second man to win IOW's Woman of the Year Award? Answer at the end of the episode. The Citizens of Pawnee. I would like to go on record. Speaking as a citizen of Pawnee. Clothes. Treat yourself. Fragrances. Treat yourself. Massage. Treat yourself. What I said was, give me all the bacon and eggs you have. My mom's Puerto Rican. That's why I'm so lively and colorful. It says you could have network connectivity problems. Jogging is the worst, Chris. I mean, I know it keeps you healthy, but God, at what cost? Dr. Harrison, you are literally the meanest person I've ever met. That Gary, Jerry, Larry, Gergich, Gengerich. I love you and I like you. I love you and I like you. Hello, welcome to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast where I discuss anything and everything from character breakdowns to episode rewatches, as well as some other trivia and tidbits about the show. My name is Brian, and I will be your host. This is episode number 63, being recorded Saturday, April 1st, 2023, and today I'm going to be talking about season two, episode one, Pawnee Zoo, as well as the funniest moments in the show ranked. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email citizensofpawnee at gmail.com. You can also follow and message the show on Instagram at Citizens of Pawnee Podcast, as well as my other page at Parks Rec Memes. And just a reminder that this podcast will have full spoilers for the entire series. I don't know if you guys can hear that. There's like fireworks going off by me. I don't know what's going on. Well, there's, <clears throat> I know there was a one of the basketball games, uh, San Diego State and uh Florida Atlantic, I think. Um, so I wonder if one of the teams won, and that's why they're going off. I hate fireworks. I really do. I'm not like, <clears throat> I don't mean to be like a curmudgeon. I'm 42, so I'm not young, but I'm not old. But like, I just, I fucking hate fireworks. I don't know why. Like, I, I'll go watch them like at a fest or something. But when I'm in my house and I can hear them going off, even like the 4th of July, it's just annoying to me. Like, I, I'm fine with it. But any other time is just like, ugh, so irritating. But whatever. And it's not like, uh, again, like I, I hate loud noises just out of nowhere. But I do listen to music very loudly. So it's kind of weird that fireworks irritate the hell out of me. But um, my music irritates the hell out of everyone else. Anyway, got a lot to talk about tonight. So let's just skip filler and let's jump right into our episode. Uh, season two, episode one, Pawnee Zoo. This is where a lot of people say that the show took uh, kind of took a turn. It started I, I, for one. I mean, like you notice right off the bat in the actually uh, in the intro of the uh, the cold open, which I'll get to in a second. But, you know, like Ron's dressed differently. He's not wearing the suit. His hair looks a little bit different. And I don't know. The show just has a, a better tone. I feel again in this episode, I'll get to when Leslie stands up for herself, like really stands up for herself for the first time against uh, Marshall Langman, it's it's pretty awesome. So uh, this episode was directed by Paul Feig. Paul Feig uh, directed a bunch of episodes for The Office and Parks and Rec. If you watch The Office, actually, he was, uh, he, he was in one episode, he was in the final season when Andy was like trying to become an actor and he was at the whatever the hell it is he was like going to meet carla and he was waiting out in the hallway and there was that dude sitting there and he had a dog with a cat and then there was a mouse really funny part but that's paul feig in case you're like oh who's that guy he also directed uh bridesmaids which is one of my favorite comedies awesome anywho uh this episode was written by greg daniels michael Schur, norm hiscock and harris whittles all right so for the cold open 
uh, Ron comes into Leslie's office and he just says, okay, here's the situation. So uh, Leslie cuts him off and she starts singing Parents Just Don't Understand by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. If you are a youngin and you're listening to this, yeah, before Will Smith was slapping people on stage, he was a rapper and he was pretty awesome. <laughs> but yeah, the Fresh Prince. So this song was one of their big hits. And so Leslie goes around singing it uh, in the office. And it's actually like a really funny part, but she's going around and she's like singing it and she's use, trying to use props in the office. So uh, eventually uh, she finishes the song as Ron is still wait, uh, waiting there, you know, because he came in to tell her something. Uh, Jerry, Donna, April and Tom, they all start applauding her, you know, and it's it's actually kind of funny. The, if you listen to it, it sounds like there's more people clapping. So maybe there are just more people at City Hall that saw her doing this or this was like like a cool take where they actually had the crew clapping like after it and they just maybe left it in. I don't know. I'd be curious because like I said, you can kind of tell that the clapping sounds like it's more than just them. We start off at the Pawnee Zoo where Leslie tells us that she's been doing a lot of promotions with the zoo lately. Uh, for instance, they had a birthday party for a 60 year old parrot and they had a graduation for a chimpanzee who started throwing its crap at everyone, which the second time in only seven episodes of this show where uh, there is shit being thrown <laughs> by either a monkey or by teenage kids or by Leslie Nope. Uh, because if you'll remember in the, the the cold open for Boys Club, that's where Leslie and Tom were called because kids were throwing dog poop at each other and she got involved and started throwing it with them. Okay. Uh, the zoo recently purchased two penguins named Tux and Flipper. And they're having a wedding for these two. However, shortly after Leslie says, I do for both penguins, they start humping each other. Uh, it turns out they are both male. Leslie had no idea. And of course, in Pawnee, this is going to cause uh, lots of problems. Uh, we're uh, back at City Hall. Uh, Leslie visits Mark while he's eating and awkwardly tells Mark that, uh, well, she kind of like, it's weird. She comes by and she's like, what's up, Brandanowitz? So if you'll remember last episode, it ended with them making out when they were both drunk. And then Leslie kind of came to and didn't want to, you know, <laughs> sleep with him again because she noticed that this is kind of how that night was going. So she just told him, why don't you go home? He fell into the pit. Uh, so when Leslie comes by and she's like, what's up, uh, Brendanowitz? And she kind of punches him in the arm, but then she stops and uh, she, she just goes, there's no, uh, no sexual connotation behind it. You know, so it's like she makes it really awkward. And then Mark, like, I, I don't know, maybe not condescendingly, but he just, he looks at the camera and acknowledges everything. She said like, yes, I'm aware of this. Like oh, maybe more sarcastically to her, just kind of being like, I get it. Like, you know, I'm sorry about what happened, but nothing did happen and nothing's going to happen. Let's just move on from this. So anyway, uh, you know, it's kind of funny, actually. I, when I was watching this, noticing too, Mark is always eating. Like it just always shows him on his lunch break, probably just because he has his own office and they do show him in there more, I guess, in this season. But in the first season, really, whenever you saw Mark, he was pretty much yeah out with the, the parks crew or just like in the middle of the courtyard eating. <laughs> he says that when he fell into the pit, uh, he, he basically he flipped down, he hit his head on a rock. So it was funny. He says, I actually I literally hit rock bottom because he fell to the bottom of the pit and hit his head. And he just said it was a tough point in his life and he basically needed to make some changes. So uh, we cut back to Leslie real quick. And Mark points out that the penguin marriage uh, is making some noise and he's just like, Hey, hey, good job on that. You know, 
just not like being a smart ass or anything. And she's like, what do you mean? So now all of a sudden it's just like, wait, I, I didn't, I wasn't trying to, to make it a big deal. So she tells him it was unintentional and he's like, well, you know, we'll see what happens. So uh, in the office, Jerry shows up with a cake and he tells Leslie that the owner of a local gay bar sent it to her. Uh, <clears throat> we find out that the bar is called the bulge. And it's funny when they're, they're uh, trying to figure out which one it is. Ron's like the bulge and everyone looks over at him, you know, like, and he's just like, what? I live behind it. So this is actually, this kind of shows us a little more that the show hasn't gotten the Ron character completely down yet because right here, he just told everyone, I live right behind the bulge. And everyone knows where the bulge is, where, you know, so the, if, if they really wanted to know where Ron lived, they would go there where in later seasons, Ron is very, very secretive about where he lives. Like even with, you know, the people in the parks department, like, like he won't... When Leslie figures out his birthday, it's like crushing for him. Leslie confusedly says, uh, she's like, the bulge is a gay bar? Ah, oh, the nights I've wasted there. I love that. That just, that very much so reminded me of Michael Scott, actually. So still very ditzy, uh, Leslie. Uh, so apparently the guys at the bulge thought that Leslie was making a political, sta a, political, a political stance by marrying the two male penguins. So they want her to uh, actually they're just they're sending her stuff. And there's a, a pretty funny part, too, where Leslie is asking Tom kind of, I don't know, <laughs> like about gay things, I guess, kind of. But she she's like, well, Tom, you've got you have, you have a pink colored shirt on, you know, and he's like, well, it's salmon. And so they kind of get past that. But then Jerry comes back and he's like, oh, Leslie, they also gave us T-shirts. And the the T-shirt from the bulge is the exact same color of the shirt Tom's got. And he's like, well, mine has a collar. <laughs> Leslie's like, oh, OK, cool. Next, one of the worst things in the entire series happens. And that is the introduction of April's boyfriends, Derek, played by Blake Lee and Ben, played by Josh Duvendeck. I just... I never liked these two. They're not in a ton of episodes, but they're just so one note. They're they're very like high schooly, and like I I, I mean they're out of high school because I believe April like when we first meet her she's a college intern or she's a college student you know intern so she's she's not in high school anymore. But yeah, Derek and Ben are just they're uh, I don't know. It's if you've seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But luckily they don't go on to you know they're they don't really affect anything so but eh. so um sorry they're yeah they're just kind of annoying and uh also the fact that they don't like andy that bugs me uh all right but that's one of the reasons why april breaks up with them so all right moving on so uh derek and ben are very excited to meet leslie as the gay community kind of sees her as like a trailblazer like she's you know because she did this thing with the gay penguins and uh again still inadvertently but no one knows that or at least they don't want to believe that that's the case so they invite her to the bulge where uh, she will be the guest of honor, but not before we get some insight on this peculiar trio of April, Derek, and Ben. This is my boyfriend, Derek. This is Derek's boyfriend, Ben. Hey. Oh, wait, sorry. What's the situation? What do you mean? H how does this work? Derek is gay, but he's straight for me, but he's gay for Ben, and Ben's really gay for Derek, and I hate Ben. It's not that complicated. No. Oh, yeah, sure. The thing about youth culture is I don't understand it. And I hate Ben. <laughs> I love that she has to add that in at the end. But I also love Leslie, too, just because uh, <clears throat> that's the same thing. I mean, like me with I try to uh, I'm getting to that point with my kids. They're not teenagers yet, but it's like already the dad, like, shut up. Like, you're an idiot. So 
Later, Leslie is dressed up for the party at the Bulge, and Donna tells her that she looks good and she might turn some men straight. So Leslie excitedly tells us that that is like by far the best conversation she's ever had with Donna. So it's this is another thing. And now again, just breaking down these episodes, things I'm kind of thinking about right here when Leslie says that's the best conversation they've ever had. It makes sense for us, the viewer, because we've only seen Donna in like three episodes. And in a couple of those episodes, she didn't even talk. So this is the first time we're seeing like the new Donna. And by new Donna, I mean like her hair is, well, she looks like pretty much how she looks for the rest of the series. But in season one, Donna had very short hair. So uh, when she does say this to Leslie, you're just like, okay, so maybe like, like maybe Donna hasn't worked her that long because we're under the impression that Leslie's been working here for like a long ass time. However, we found out later on that Donna knows Ron's ex-wife, Tammy One, who Leslie doesn't even know because she's the one that comes in and she's like, your ex-wife is here. And he's like, no, the other one. So Donna has met her before. And I do feel like Donna has worked at the parks department maybe longer than Leslie has because Ron has, because he's the one who hired her. And I just feel like Donna and Ron go back further for, for her to know about his ex-wife and Leslie doesn't. So that's kind of interesting. So next we meet one of the show's antagonists who I talked about before, Marsha Langman, who she sucks. I mean, this is such a ruthless character, but she is played wonderfully by Darlene Hunt. She is maybe my favorite villain in the show. I Because there's another character that will be introduced very shortly who could also be considered a villain of sorts. But Marsha Langman is specifically like everything. Whenever she is on a show, whenever she's on an episode, because she's in, I don't know, I'd say 10 at the most, is to specifically try to bring down or ruin whatever Leslie is doing. It's always Leslie too, which is funny. So uh, Marsha is from the Society for Family Stability Foundation, which is funny later. Leslie's like, hey, what can I do for you in the SFSF? <laughs> She's there to ask for Leslie's resignation, actually, stating that Leslie took a stand for the Penguin marriage and is therefore supporting gay marriage. Leslie denies this, saying it was supposed to be a fun gesture and that she didn't even know the Penguins were both male, but this doesn't matter to Marsha. She asks Leslie if she's married, and when Leslie says no, very awkwardly, by the way, that's Leslie, she's, uh, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not dating. I, I, it goes, it's like, even watching it, like, I didn't even laugh. It was kind of like, all right, this is weird. Yeah, so then uh, Marsha, she like kind of like explains to her, she dumbs it down, obviously, just to like be condescending to, to Leslie. She says that when gays get married, it ruins marriage for the rest of us, which is hilarious because we will later find out that Marsha is married to a very, very gay man named Marshall. Uh, again, when he comes in, play, uh, played by uh, Todd Sherry, who him also, they just, they play their roles so well. And he is just so closeted. It's it's hysterical, but he is great in that role. So uh, yeah, we'll get to him though in future episodes. She asks that Leslie either annuls the wedding or she resigns. All right, so later we see Anne. She has brought lunch for Leslie, but she can't find her. So she just sits down and she ends up eating uh, uh, lunch with Mark. And we find out that when Mark was in the hospital, uh, Anne was like his primary nurse. And they actually got along pretty well. And she just says, she's like, well, maybe when he hit his head on that rock, it actually kind of turned him into a good person. So you're kind of like, huh, kind of interesting. And uh, she also tells us that Andy 
uh, he just said he was going to Kansas to climb mountains. So that's that's really all we know about Andy thus far, because remember, at the end of uh, the last episode and dumped him. And um, yeah, we didn't we didn't actually see what happened after that, because uh, he came back into her house when she left like a creep and just sat on the couch and started watching TV. Uh, so then Mark asks Anne if she wants to go see a movie with him, which really catches her off guard. And she's just like, uh, no, 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 that would, that would kind of be like a date. And I like how Mark answers. He's just like, okay, you know, not like he doesn't make a big deal out of it. It's just like, all right, doesn't whatever. So next we see Anne and Leslie having lunch and we hear the first mention of one of the running jokes on Parks and Rec when Leslie, who is eating a salad, just says, I hate salad. So yeah, this will go forward. We'll see with Sue salad and uh, other times when Leslie just mentions how much she hates uh, salads. Okay. So uh, Anne then tells Leslie about Mark asking her out, which actually like uh, it confuses Leslie literally because she actually says she's like, oh, I'm having a lot of confusing thoughts right now. Now we are at the bulge and we get one of my favorite lines from the episode. I can't believe this is a gay bar. Yeah, especially with that heterosexual cowboy greeting us on the way in. Yeah, and on the wall, it's just because uh, Tom and Leslie, right when they walk in, there's a just this big framed picture of a wall with just this uh, this cowboy with like his shirt unbuttoned, and uh, yeah, he's looking very seductively at anyone who uh, looks at him. So <laughs> the uh, yeah, everyone at the bulge they're beyond excited when Leslie comes in, and they keep calling her like their hero. So at first, Leslie doesn't want the attention, but then she soon embraces it. She has a great line where she's just like. Wow, what a great turnout. I can't believe this many came out on a night when the Colts are playing and there's no response. It's so funny. I'm like me being like a huge football fan and then her just thinking that it's like every man would be watching football. But it's like, so obviously this is either a Monday night or a Thursday night because it is a work night because we know that Leslie's back at work the next. Yeah, she, uh, they're just, she's up on stage and they, like they just, she's trying to tell them that. Um, you know, like I, I didn't do this. I wasn't trying to take a stance and they just start chanting her name, Leslie, Leslie, Leslie. So she's just, she gets kind of caught up in the moment and she just starts embracing it. Uh, she even tells us that she got two phone numbers from the two bisexual guys that were there. <laughs> All right. So the next day at city hall, Ron comes in to uh, Leslie and Tom's office where Leslie tells him about how much fun she had at the bulge. Ron tells her that he just got a call saying that Leslie has to go on Pawnee today to defend her actions with the penguin marriage as well as uh, her hanging out at the bulge last night, because it's like big news in Pawnee now. Uh, now we meet arguably the greatest side character of the series. This is the one I was talking about before who could kind of be considered like a Leslie nemesis or villain. Uh, Joan Calamezzo. She gets along with Tom very well. And actually we see that right off the bat where uh speaking of running jokes this one with tom and joan that doesn't make any sense like we find out later that he's been on the show before and like what is he on her show for i guess he would maybe promoting like parks and rec things but uh so yeah if you're if you're unaware uh pawnee today is like a local access pawnee show and joan calamezzo though is like a celebrity in town so it's funny and she even calls herself um oh my god the hell is it i forgot well, the one time when she introduces herself as newly divorced uh, Joan Calamuzzo. But uh, so, yeah, she's great. Played by Mo Collins, one of my favorite characters. The uh, yeah, like I said, they had the weird relationship between Tom and Joan, just unexplained, but hilarious. Now we go over to uh, Pawnee today where Leslie is on because she's going to have to defend her, her recent actions against Marshall Langman. 
Marsha claims that although Leslie claimed it was just for fun, uh, the Penguin marriage, she then went on to uh, attend a pro-gay marriage rally at the Bulge. Uh, she's, she's not lying, actually. I mean, like Leslie did do all these things and clearly it wasn't like she wasn't there to defend her actions. She just went because she was invited. So Leslie still defends that she had no idea that they were both male. And uh, let's keep going with these running jokes where Joan immediately agrees with Marsha, making this the first time we see Joan's unexplained disdain towards Leslie. So while she has a weird like crush kind of on Tom, uh not uh, it's the exact opposite for Leslie. Like she does not like her and we never really find out why. Like she, she just constantly disagrees with her and she's always trying to, um, yeah, show her up. Those stupid fireworks are going off again. What the hell's going on over here? Leslie is, uh, she's like literally shocked. She just can't understand like that. This is happening. Like what the, like I literally was trying to have fun here and these idiots are just like making this like a, a political thing. So Marsha's foundation wants Leslie to annul the wedding, pay back the taxpayer money used for the wedding, and then resign. She basically tells Marsha, Joan, and the callers of the show to fuck themselves, which uh, clearly she doesn't say that. But this is what I was talking about before. I love it so much. This uh, this actually, like I compared Leslie to Michael Scott earlier, but that was more for like a doofus thing. I'll compare to her in this one because... In the episode, uh, which it was the one with uh, the watermark on the office where Creed screwed up and there was the watermark that showed up on all the paper with like the duck and the bunny or rabbit. Or, sorry, I forgot. But it was like the two animals having sex when the woman came in and she was just like talking down to Michael, like, you should resign. And he's like, oh, oh, really, should I? And he basically just tells her to get out. <laughs> you know, He's like, you're in, this is stupid. Like, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to quit my job over this. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. So this is why, yeah, I love that Leslie's just like, and nothing really comes of it either. She, Marsha's like, so you're not going to resign. And she's like, no, I'm not resigning. Like, it's pretty awesome. So she, um, yeah, she basically tells them both to just go kick rocks. Like, I'm not doing anything. We cut over to uh, Andy and Ann, where Andy has, uh, we see his return. He's looking very dapper in a, a full suit. He, he comes to Ann's house and he has asked her if they can talk. So he tells her that he has a new corporate job. That he, that's why he's got the suit on. He's like, oh, so I got the monkey suit on. And uh, that he has matured. He tells her that he misses her and loves her and apologize. He apologizes for his past shitty behavior, which is actually like a really sincere apology. It was nice, but... I do like, though, that Anne, um, you know, she's made her decision and she tells him that they're not getting back together. So he leaves and he heads back to his fancy new job, which is actually a tent at the bottom of the pit in lot 48 right next to Anne's house. So he does have a desk down there, but it's just, you know, and then he he, cl he climbs in the tent. He like pull, takes his suit off. And the camera guy's watching him and you just see him like in his like, well, they're blue, but like his tidy white, he's like his blue underwear. And he like, jumps in the tent and then he just talks about how uh he's like yeah it's not too bad living down here minus the rats <laughs> we're back on pawnee today where they're still taking calls and leslie just finally this is actually when she just finally announces that she will not be resigning uh there's a lull for a second marcia doesn't have anything to say and joan just awkwardly she's like so, so so where are you from originally which leslie just starts like screaming like oh what did i do now like she just can't believe it I see this as uh, foreshadowing, actually, though, because Joan is the one that uh, in season four, episode three, Born and Raised, Joan is the one that calls Leslie out for not actually being born in Pawnee, which we even, all the viewers, we all thought she was, and then we find out that she was actually born in Eagleton. So I wonder if Joan actually already knows this. 
or if I mean, it, it would be it, it's it could be either one. Maybe she's fine out down the line, but it's kind of funny that she just like happens to like when they're already picking on Leslie, she just asks her like, so where are you from? Maybe like just to add to it. But yeah, so we don't see anything there uh, with it, but it's pretty interesting that that will come back. So uh, then we just see later, uh, later on, Leslie tells Anne that she should go out with Mark. And it's actually kind of like abrupt. She's like, yeah, no, it's cool. I mean, you might as well wait, you know, like we were fine. And then she's like, plus I already called him and told him to meet up with you. It, I don't know. It just seemed weird. It does seem like Les something Leslie would do, but like not in that situation. So uh, then we get a tag and we just see Leslie driving the two penguins to a zoo in Iowa where gay marriage is legal. Uh, then we get probably the most adorable shot in TV history, which is where Leslie turns around and she's got the two penguins in baby car seats and she's just misting them with a water bottle. And they're just like, eh, like in the back, flapping their wings. Love it. So that is the episode Pawnee Zoo on IMDb. This episode is sitting at a 7.8. Okay, so next uh, as I mentioned last week at the end of the episode, I reached out. Uh, actually, I don't know why I want to say I reached out. I just kind of put a thing on uh, Parks Rec Memes, uh, the Instagram page, the other one that I run, just asking people, hey, send me a message. Tell me what your single like favorite funniest line is or moment or scene from the show. I don't want to know like your favorite character. I don't want to know your favorite episode just from any episode your favorite one, like your funniest, not, not favorite. Sorry. You're just like what you think is the funniest. Cause for me, my favorite scene is when Leslie and Ben get together, you know, they kiss in the smallest part, but that is not the funniest scene for me. So I just wanted to know funniest. So thank you to everyone who responded the, the turnout or uh, the, the responses were great. Uh, there were so many of them. It was awesome. So it was kind of hard to make uh, top 10 list. So I'm actually going to, I'm going to do the top 10. Those were the ones that actually had the most votes. I was able to tally those because they just, they clearly had a lot more than the others. Then honorable, honorable mentions, which were just some of the next ones down in the line that didn't have as many votes, but still had multiple votes. And then some of the other ones that maybe only had one or two, but I just thought they were hysterical. I will play clips for some of these, but definitely not all of them because that would be a very, very long uh, rest of this episode. So if, you, if I don't play the clip for you, I'm just going to try to explain it. So um, yeah, so uh, just some of the ones that I, I'm reading across here now that didn't make the list. Uh, ben, uh, like the whole thing with him, the Ice Town Clown, when you find that out, I think that that could be kind of wrapped up with like, a, and that's actually how a lot of these are. Some people would write in and then another person would write in something different, but it was part of the same thing. Like, like for, I don't want to ruin any, but yeah. So that one, like the Ben ice town thing, some of it was like the newspaper, you know, ice town costs ice clown is town crown. And then also just that the, like the whole womb there it is and everything surrounding that. Um, Let's see, uh, in uh, flu season part two, when Andy just like, he's on the phone talking and he's just like, hold on. And he just sneezes like seven or eight times in a row to where Leslie just has to like, she's like, Andy, like she has to stop him. Um, oh God, what else do we got? Jerry finding out that he's adopted. How just like, oh, it's just such a sad scene for him. But I mean, it's just like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, the the child sized drink. When Leslie's talking with, jeez, uh, what's her name? Uh, Catherine Pinewood, when her and Anne are like, this is insanity. You know, she puts the giant cup on top of her head. That one, um, 
Uh, Andy, when he goes to see Dr. Harris, just, you know, how stupid that it is in April's like, what the hell, dude, you drove us here <laughs> when he's reading. Um, all right. So, and then, you know, of course, like Ron, the whole Google Earth thing, when he finds that out, he runs out and he just chucks it, it the whole computer into the garbage can, uh, treats himself, which I was actually kind of surprised that one didn't get more uh, votes. Probably because like as far as funny, maybe not that funny, but like maybe like I, I, I bet that one would probably do well if it was just like, what's your favorite scene or part, you know, like thing about the show. So. All right. Let's actually go ahead and move on to the honorable mentions. Uh, the first one I have is uh, season seven, episode four, Leslie and Ron. This is when Leslie and Ron have made up at the end of the episode and they are like the rest of the parks crew comes in and they're just like, wow, you know, hey, it's great that you guys made up. And Ron's playing his uh, his sax or no, he's got a tuba, actually, I think somehow, doesn't he? But he does like the... Mm, like when Leslie bends over and yeah, a lot of people really like that one. I don't know. This is a funny episode. It's got like a very high rating, but it's not one of my favorites, like probably not even like top 10, but anyway, um, you guys like this one. So it doesn't matter what I think. Uh, the next one, I'm going to play a clip for this one. And this is when, uh, this is uh, season two, episode 10 hunting trip. This is after Ron got shot. And this is just the chaos that ensues when Leslie and Anne are trying to hold Ron down uh, and actually try to get him to throw up. You'll hear it right here. Hey, okay. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? Are you dizzy? Dizzy or are you lightheaded? When I look at my palm, I see a lady's mouth French kissing a dog. Is that normal? Is that normal? Well, the pain medication I gave you is pretty strong. Donna uses it for menstrual cramps. How many did you take? Seven, eight. Better wash them down with plenty of fluids. No, Ron, you cannot drink scotch with this. You're going to need to purge right now, okay? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. No, I'm yes. not wasting yes. 20 years yes. scotch. Can you open his mouth? No. Leslie? What? Open his mouth. No. Open I'm... his mouth. Okay. I'm not making myself throw. Oh. And besides like Ron screaming at the end, I just love that you can actually hear Ann say, Leslie, grab his mustache. <laughs> uh, uh, next up is uh, from season three, episode 15, The Bubble. Uh, kind of a fan favorite character. She's like a background character, but this is Gretel. She is the older woman who is always coming in and just like complaining about the stupidest things. So in this episode, the bubble, Ron is sitting at that circular desk that Chris makes him sit at and Greta Gretel comes in and she tells Ron, uh, I can't remember exactly which one it is. I believe this is the one where she says she got sick from drinking from the water fountains that had a sign that said, do not drink from the water fountains. And Ron just keeps swiveling his chair and she's like running around the desk as he's swiveling. Like she's like, sir, sir, um, I or she made lemonade. That's what it was. She made uh, lemonade or, or tea with the water that said, do not use. And she got sick. So. Um, okay, so then uh, actually in the episode we talked about uh, earlier, season two, episode one, Pawnee Zoo, Le Leslie doing the whole French uh, Prince rap. Again, I'm not going to play that one. It is pretty long, but it's uh, it's a very, very, uh, very good scene. Uh, next up for honorable mentions, uh, Ben in the bastoom, <laughs> the, the bastoom, the Batman costume, season four, episode four, Pawnee Rangers. 
This is when uh, he actually goes out with Tom and Donna for treat yourself and he buys himself a Batman costume, but he's very depressed in this episode because he can't be with Leslie. This is early on before they are together when they both, they're kind of both going through a thing because Chris says they'll get fired if they, um, you know, if they date. So when Ben goes and he treats himself and he comes out wearing this awesome head to toe, full on like Christian Bale Batman costume. I think it's Christian Bale. I'm not exactly sure which Batman it is. So don't kill me if it's not Bale, but he comes out and Donna and Tom, they're just like, like he thinks they're going to make fun of him, but they're just like, dude, it doesn't matter. Like how dorky this is. This is, this is exactly what treat yourself is. So they're actually kind of proud of him, but he's crying. Yeah. Just because like things haven't been going well for him. So, but yeah, it's a very funny scene when he comes out in that Batman costume and just like how excited they are for him. This one is one of my favorite Ben scenes, and I am going to play a clip for it. This is in season six, episode 19, uh, flu season two. Ben is hanging out with Ron, and uh, they're at a wine tasting, and a woman comes by, and she's like, hey, would you like to try some blueberry wine? Ron makes a comment like, you know, like you shouldn't. It's just basically how it's like blueberry wine, like is a no no. So Ben looks at the label and he's like, "Holy hell!" Like how strong it is. So he shows Ron, and Ron's like, "We'll take you know a couple bottles or whatever." So then uh, the two of them just kind of hang out for the rest of the episode, which is great. But this is just a little clip of how drunk Ben is. My parents make me so mad sometimes. Just like the time they couldn't decide who gets a dog, so they just dropped it off the local synagogue. I was like. Say what? Hold on, Ron. Hold that thought just for a sec. Hey, honey. Hey, uh, it's your me. It's wife. It's Leslie. Uh, nope. I have very big news for you. Oh, well, my teeth are blue. Blueberries what? are alcohol. Are you having a stroke? I'm just saying around that my dog's Jewish. And that plop you hear at the end, that is Ben dropping his phone into just like, cause they're in like a, well, they're in a vineyard. So it's like kind of muddy and whatnot. And yeah, he drops his phone. It just plops right in. And of course, this is actually the first obviously reveal of Leslie telling him, or she wants to tell him that she's pregnant. That's why she called, but he's hammered and uh, she can't tell him because he dropped his phone. Uh, and then the last honorable mention is uh, from season four, episode 21 bus tour. And it is the scene where, Andy is uh, reenacting the pie throw with Jerry, the the one that you find out that disgraced former uh, sewage worker, uh, sewage Joe Fantringham, when he threw the pie, he was trying to hit Ben Wyatt and it ended up hitting uh, Jerry. So they're doing the reenactment of the pie hitting Jerry in the face. And I always love that just because of how Chris Pratt is just so like, cause he's, he's doing Burt Macklin at this time, but he's just, he hits it and kind of twists it and slides it down Jerry's face. And you can just see like Jim O'Hare. I mean, he's just such a trooper. He's just kind of like, uh, like, kind of like he knows he, he doesn't have to do this, but he's just such a good guy. And then when they're done and he's just like, all right, clean yourself up. We'll do it again. And so you kind of wonder, it's like, how many pies does he have? How many times are they going to do this? I, I thought it would be Really funny, actually, in that episode, if they came back to it at one point, we saw that they were still doing that. So, all right. So on to our top 10. Uh, again, these were just the ones that got the most. Uh, and again, I didn't do like a tally or, or I, or sorry, I did tally this. I didn't do a poll or anything. I literally just said, hey, like message me back. Tell me what your favorite episode or your, your funniest scene is. 
And these were the ones that got the most uh, in this order. So number 10, I'm going to play a clip for this one. This is a very popular scene. This is from season two, episode five, Sister City. And I, I always talk about how this is one of my least favorite episodes. And I it is. Maybe it's I've gotten like better with it as I've watched it more. But like Fred Armisen is just so like condescending and unlikable. And he's just picking on Leslie the whole time. So it's like, eh, you don't like it because you want to root for Leslie. But anyway, he plays his role amazingly. And this is the scene where he is talking about uh, their jail system in uh, Venezuela. So here we go. This is outrageous. Where are the armed men who come in to take the protesters away? Where are they? This kind of behavior is never tolerating in Boracua. You shout like that, they, they put you in jail right away. No trial, no, no nothing. Journalists, we have a special jail for journalists. You're stealing, right to jail. You're playing music too loud, right to jail, right away. You're driving too fast, jail. Slow, jail. You're charging too high prices for uh, sweaters, glasses. You write to jail. You undercook fish, believe it or not, jail. You overcook chicken, also jail. Undercook, overcook. You make an appointment with the dentist and you don't show up, believe it or not, jail, right away. We have the best patients in the world because of jail. Fred Armisen is so fucking funny, I swear. All right, number nine. This is a very short one. This is from season three, episode two, flu season. And this was... Another, uh, we'll get another one down the, the, the road here uh, on this list, but this is the first of two, an improvised line. And this is when Rob Lowe, uh, Chris Traeger looks into the mirror and tells himself, stop pooping because he has the flu and he is uh, just completely blowing out from, you know, from like every orifice. All right. Number eight, this is from episode, uh, sorry, season two, episode two, the stakeout. And this is, uh, see, this is like another kind of scene that like is recurring throughout, but it is when Ron has the hernia and you find out that he, uh, he was fine. He got to work and he sneezed and he like slipped the disc or something. So he has been sitting in the same position all day. And I think that most people actually wrote down like when he's trying to eat. So <laughs> he is, yeah, he, uh, he has April go get him lunch. And I love when he's just like, yeah, he asks her to get it or no, he has it delivered. And then he asks April, he calls her in and she's like, he's like, can you get it for me? And it's literally like a foot away from him. And she thinks he's doing it. Like she asks, he's like, is this some kind of like power trip thing? And he's like, no, it's, it's really not. So she knows that something's wrong, but she didn't say anything yet. But Ron is trying to eat because he doesn't want to tell anyone he's hurt. So he's picking apart the hamburger and just tries to like with his wrist, just throw it into his mouth. And it just kind of like pathetically hits his face and just falls. So it's really funny watching him try to eat that hamburger. All right. Uh, the next one, uh, number seven, and I am going to play a clip for this. This is in season five, episode five, Halloween surprise. One of the uh, famous taglines, I guess, from this show, which is the fart attack. In this scene, uh, Leslie is, or I'm sorry, Anne is trying to cheer up Leslie. So she's like, why don't we, uh, they know that Tom is in the bathroom. They're like, hey, let's run over and let's scare him. Not knowing that Jerry is also in there and uh, not knowing that this is going to happen. Ready and... <laughs> Jerry, God, gross. Oh. Jerry. Guys, I... Oh, God. Oh, I think he might be having a heart attack. What? Are you serious? Oh, so much stuff is happening right now. Call 911. Okay. Just breathe, okay? You're going to be fine. 
snort. Jeez, did a dinosaur just fart? Jerry, get a grip. Sorry, guys. Snort. Apology not accepted. Stop talking, moron. I wish I could stop smelling. Dude. Seriously, Jerry, did you eat farts for lunch? Tom! Jerry's having a heart attack! Oh, no, I didn't know that. Jerry, are you okay? Then, of course, we get uh, the clip of them at the hospital, and that's when Tom is trying to get Dr. Harris. This might actually be the last time we see Dr. Harris in season five. Maybe not, though. But, um, yeah, he's trying to get him to actually say fart attack, which he doesn't, but uh, it's still hilarious. Uh, The next one, number six, season five, episode 12, and decision. This is uh, the food poisoning scene where, sorry, Ron, Chris, and Ben, they all get food poisoning. Tom does not. This this is when they're uh, testing foods for uh, Leslie and Ben's wedding. Tom, uh, they realize or they they figure out he did not eat any of the food because he just took pictures of all of it for Instagram uh, or whatever, all of his social media. And yeah, you just it's a really funny scene of the three of them. And it's funny that all three of them came into work, too. Like, why didn't you know, it's, it's just funny because they're all laying on the ground. Or is it the next day? I think it's the next day. Maybe it's just later on in the day. So maybe they were already at work. I, I can't remember. But I love what they're they're like working together to try to. I can't remember if they're calling 911 or if they're calling Leslie. But Ron like swings his arm and knocks the phone over to Ben, who's already on the ground. And Ben's like using his nose to dial. It's just it's such a funny scene. And Tom comes in and I forgot what he says. He's like. Tommy needs a mango or something like that. Like when he walks away because he's not sick and, and like whatever he says though, makes them all just like, like cringe a little more. It's awesome. Okay. So actually right in the middle, since we're, uh, we're in the middle here, there is a bonus one that I am going to play. Uh, this is a bonus, uh, clip because it is not actually from the show. I mean, it is from the show, but it was not in an episode as it was a blooper. Uh, This is a very popular blooper. Everyone knows this one. And this one, if you do have kids in the car, maybe cover their ear for a second because this is the the Chris Pratt, Andy Dwyer, uh, Kim Kardashian uh, blooper. Good comeback story, right? Seabiscuit, The Mighty Ducks, Robert Downey Jr., uh, Rocky. Yes. Kim Kardashian. Kim, well. Well, in the video, she gets gets come on her back, I think. That one has made its rounds on social media. So I I know a lot of people, even people who don't watch Parks and Rec, they know that scene. That is also, uh, sorry, that one is from season four, episode 11, by the way, the comeback kid, uh, the comeback kid. So uh, yeah, just an amazing scene. And the one that is like growling, like laughing, that's Jim O'Hare, by the way, him and uh, Nick Offerman are the two laughing the hardest. So yeah, it's really funny. And you can kind of, if you if you go back to that and play that, right after he says on her back, you can hear like a slap. That is Aubrey Plaza hitting him in the arm. Like, it's so funny because when you if you pay attention to it, it almost looks like she knew he was going to say that. Like, maybe he, he made that joke to her beforehand and she was almost like, don't say it, don't say it. Because when he does, she's already ready to hit him. Like, I can't believe you just said that. But it is such a funny part. So, um, yeah. All right, moving on, number five. This is from uh, season seven, episode nine, Pie Mary. Another very famous uh, short quote. Not even a quote. It's just a statement, and it is by Jen Barkley. Poncho! She is over at Leslie and Ben's house, and 
she's just wearing a poncho for no reason. And even Ben asks, like, why are you wearing that in the house? And she's like, oh, I've been here before. Every, literally every surface in your house is sticky. So sure enough, one of the, like the kid runs by with like a paint roller and just like goes right and she turns and shows Ben the big blue streak. And she's just like, poncho. I, I just, I, like, she was so good, Jen Barkley. But I also just love that the kid actually had a paint roller. <laughs> that, like, why? Uh, number four, this is one of my favorite clips. This is from season three, episode nine, an excellent episode, Andy and April's Fancy Party. The cold open where Ron pulls out his own tooth. This one, you just, you have to, I, I don't want to play the audio because it's, you have to watch it just to see him actually do this. And then to find out that it's not real, you see Tom faint, you see the rest of them just kind of like, what the f People are swearing. They're walking out because they are disgusted. It is just such a hilarious scene. And again, really quickly, if you're unfamiliar, they're having a regular uh, meeting in the morning. Ron starts groaning and moaning that his tooth hurts. And then he finally, he just pulls out like his, uh, like his Leatherman kick or whatever, uses the pliers and just fucking pulls his, his tooth out. And then he tells us that he actually had the tooth removed the other day and he just wanted to keep it because he likes to show his uh, co-workers how much pain he can endure. Uh, oh my God, that's amazing writing. Okay, uh, this next one, another one of my favorites, and I do have a clip for this one. This is from uh, season four, episode 11, The Comeback Kid, which we'll hear from that one again, spoiler. But this is when Ben was making his uh, claymation requiem for a dream. This is after he got fired in, he, or actually, sorry, he had to resign in disgrace as he keeps saying it. And this is when uh, they found out that him and Leslie were dating. So in order for there to be no like repercussions for Leslie, Ben just resigned. So at this point, he doesn't have a job. Uh, he had already, this, this actually, this might've been the episode where he created the cones of Dunshire. Maybe not, maybe it was before then. I know it was like around here, but Anyway, Ben is so excited to show Chris his new video that he created called Requiem for a Tuesday. Here it is. Did you pause it? No. I... Hang on. Oh my God, that's the whole thing. That's three weeks of work, you're gonna be okay. No, 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 I'm not. You see, in my head, I thought that was really, really cool. In fact, I, I, I emailed Leslie two days ago and I compared it to Avatar, Chris, and how can it not be longer? One of the funniest scenes is because everyone knows that R.E.M. song and it's so perfect, like the college rock band thing, you know, like for Ben to use just because he's so into, you know, early 90s to late 90s, like alternative music and stuff like that. Uh, actually, I was making the joke with my wife earlier today because I was telling her about this uh this episode, what I was going to be doing. And we were talking about the the scene where, well, this one, yeah, where he's like, he's like, what you, you mean? Like you're talking about my claymation, like, the, like just claymation. The other time when he does that in season six in the prom episode, when he's with Tom and he's just like, yeah, wait a minute. I thought they, they were going to give me elliptical cartridges so I wouldn't get any scratches or what is he? He's like, um, he's like, I don't want to get any scratches on my, my Husker do albums, right? You know, cause they're in near mint condition. 
love that condition. All right. So anyway, moving on. Um, number two, uh, this is arguably like the most popular scene and, and funny as well. Um, not my favorite. It's from season three, episode two, uh, flu season. And I'm not saying like, you're not my favorite, like it's bad, but it's just, it's not my favorite. Like probably not even one of my top fives. It's very creative though, because this is the, the famous uh, improvised line by Chris Pratt, where Leslie is sick and Ben is walking her to, because they're going to go to the doctor. And Andy just turns and says, Hey, Leslie, I typed your uh, symptoms into the bar at the top here. And it says that you could have network connectivity problems. So what, what, like when you find out again, I, I remember laughing at that scene, obviously it was very funny and it fit Andy's character so well. But then when you actually found out that Michael Shore has said that this is his favorite scene, this is his favorite scene from the entire series, because that scene was completely improvised on the spot by Chris Pratt. And Michael Shore always says, it makes me so mad because I'm a professional comedy writer and I could never come up with something that funny. So it, clearly, you know, like it's, it's it just for different reasons, you know, people like that one. Um, I think it is very funny, but uh, the one here is one of my favorites, which is number one. I'm going to play a clip for this one. And this is the ice rink fiasco in uh, season four, episode 11, the comeback kid. So again, the comeback kid had uh, the comeback. It had Ben's claymation, and then it has uh, this this ice ring fiasco. So I apologize. The the audio kind of comes in and out a little bit for the song, at least. But uh, the 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 talking and everything is is fine. But this is when Leslie is giving her. Uh, she's they're they're doing a pro Leslie rally at the the local ice rink. And April forgot to mention that they weren't going to be able to have the like the basketball court put down because they were also going to have Pistol Pete DeCilio dunk. And this is when he breaks his arm. But anyway, so they start walking out and they realize that uh, the red carpet ends. So this is just yeah, it's 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 a little hard to follow, but this is essentially them walking on the ice, and then you know the music keeps coming back on because whoever's like the DJ doesn't know what to do. But uh, yeah, it's a very funny scene. enough premium carpet to get us to the stage. I mean, it was a short walk, but it was pretty luxurious, right? Okay. Everybody smile away. So that is your list as voted on, on by you, the uh, the followers, the subscribers of uh, at Parks Rec Memes. I really appreciate it. Again, anyone who reached out, anyone who wrote back, letting me know that was a lot of fun. I'll have to uh, maybe maybe come up with a different topic and uh, see if you guys are interested in doing that. You know. So that's going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. If you'd like to contact me or the show, citizensapony at gmail.com is how you can do that. 
You can also like and follow on Instagram at Citizens of Pawnee Podcast and at Parks Rec Memes. New episodes every Tuesday. Again, thank you so much for listening to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast. My name's Brian, and I'll see you next week. Ben Wyatt was the second man to win the IOW Woman of the Year Award.